Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and mini skirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. There's no part of my life that is not touched and impacted by Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. Whether that is in something as heavy and important as raising children Mm -hmm. or as simple as like finding cheaper makeup that's still high quality and isn't going to give you cancer. He's in all of it. Mm -hmm. And here's the even crazier part. He cares about all of it Mm -hmm. because he cares about everything that you care about Mm -hmm. because he cares about you. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Hey, Blake, welcome to She. Hi. Okay. I am so excited for this conversation because I got to get a sneak peek of your book and got to write an endorsement for it and just had a little bit of an early peek into the the message that you've written. And I think it's so timely in so many ways, but I would love if you can start off just by telling us a little bit about your background and what inspired you to write Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Yeah, absolutely. So I am a podcaster like you are and an educator like you are. We run in very similar circles, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also very different. Yeah. Like it's kind of perfect. But yeah, I started Confessions of a Crappy Christian. The podcast was like the first outlet and really was just looking for a place to have like messy, mm-hmm. authentic conversation, not like the curated imperfection that mm-hmm. you were getting from the internet a mm-hmm. lot at that time. This is four years ago. Things mm-hmm. have changed. Mm-hmm. But it just really resonated with people. I was like postpartum. Mm. I struggle with anxiety. Just just was kind of just showing up as I like am like yeah. every day. And people were really interested in that. And so over the last four years, it's grown. You know, now we offer courses and community and coaching. And I've retired my husband off of the business and all that mm. kind of stuff. And then two years ago, I was actually approached by my publisher. Kind of like, hey, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I was mm. like, uh, I've been thinking about <laughs> writing a book since I was 12, but okay. You're like not uh, fangirling or anything. It's fine. <laughs> no, not freaking out at all. Um, And yeah, so the last two years have just been this really wild ride of writing this book, pouring my heart and soul into it, having the conversations that it feels like I think a lot of Christians feel like they can't have, aren't supposed to have, or if they do, it should be in whispers Mm -hmm. in, you know, private Mm -hmm. conversation. And I'm kind of like, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think this is so timely because I think there are so many things going on in our world and that we are faced with in culture and all of those things that so many don't even want to touch with the 10 foot pole. And even when, even maybe not necessarily online, but just within their own relationships, because they're afraid, like, is this going to make me look bad? Is someone not going to agree? Like, how is this going to come across? Are they going to doubt my faith? Like there's so much, 
I don't know, like plasticness. I think that yeah. can that can exist in the church unintentionally, yeah, because of fear. I think a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So I'd love to know a little bit more about the process of writing this because, as I know, we've talked about this as we've kind of like been on this writing journey a little bit together, but especially with this being your first book, what is something Mm -hmm. that you learned as a writer or something that surprised you in the process? Like, I would just be curious your take on it. Yeah. So when I wrote my, you know, my first draft or Mm -hmm. whatever, my publishing team or my editing team came back and they were like, Hey, um, you like, didn't tell any stories. It's Mm -hmm. all just like teaching and Mm -hmm. theology. And I was like, yeah, Uh huh. Like that was that that was not an accident. Yeah. And it was really like we kind of had to like battle back and forth Mm. a little bit because I was like I don't want it to be a memoir. Like it's not you know I said I don't want it to be about me. And then they you know because they're the professionals Mm -hmm. were able to come back and be like okay but when you read books like this Mm -hmm. don't you like to be able to like resonate with the person Mm -hmm. and like see yourself in their like stories. Learn like, the oh. lessons from the story. Exactly. Like yeah. learn the like learn the lessons the way that they learned the lesson. I was mm-hmm. like, oh dang it. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. That is like what yeah. I like. And that was way harder for me than I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I am much more comfortable talking like theologically mm-hmm. and and talking about certain things like present day, but this is a lot of like stories from my past. Mm-hmm. But it was like freaking pulling teeth telling, yeah. you know, yeah. like it well, like- sometimes I think, and I don't know if you agree with this, but sometimes I think it feels safer to talk about a topic without having to pull too much of your own junk into oh, it. Oh, way safer. Yeah. Way safer. And like, I almost find it's easier to talk about like what's going on in your day to day than like the crap that jacked you up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. years ago. Yeah, the you reason you're I mean? in therapy. Like, yeah, exactly. Right, that you're in therapy for. Exactly. Yeah. Like it felt like this, you know, I guess I spent the first year writing just mm-hmm. writing yeah and it literally was the most emotionally draining year mm-hmm. because i'm pulling up all this stuff of like you know essentially answering the question like why are you the way you are today yeah <laughs> why? like yeah you know and i know you your your book is a lot of that too like mm-hmm. just telling stories that i think some of them i thought i'd i wouldn't ever yeah have to tell publicly yeah yeah totally and i think that's the beauty and the the challenge of it. It's like such a tension, you know, because it's like, yeah. and I think what's cool about a book, and I don't know if you agree with this, the, it's scary because it feels like a permanent placement of whatever it is that you're putting out into the world. Like, yes, technically when you put something on Instagram or social media, like it's never technically gone, like even if you delete it, but it's a lot harder to find if you decide to delete it versus like yeah. a book is a book is going to outlive you. Like it's, yep. it's just like, it's such a different thing. But at the same time, I think a book is such a sacred space to meet a reader. Like if you think about, mm-hmm. you know, where like it, there's certain things that I've shared in books that I've never really shared in the same way online or even shared it all online because I'm like, this is just a sacred space. And it makes more sense yeah. to talk about it when I can expound upon it and I can have more of a conversation around it versus a thousand characters in an Instagram caption or in a 12 yes. second reel, you know, or whatever. So yeah. And I think, I think there's just something sacred about putting the, the harder stories into the binding of a book. And I just, I yeah. completely agree yeah and, and it was somehow like I think also you can get feedback on your book but not like you can on Instagram like mm-hmm. people can't read my book and then like right DM me through my book right you or send you like, like a comment directly to a chapter like it's exactly yeah, exactly it's exactly. not as it's not as uh quick <laughs> well okay speaking of that the subtitle of your of your book is real life talk about all the things Christians aren't sure we're supposed to say and why they matter to God why do you think that Christians are afraid to talk about the things that you address in your book, like friendship, breakups, sex, mental health, things like that? I, I 
think that there are probably like a myriad of reasons mm-hmm. that are different for everybody. You know, like I think you kind of touched on this earlier. I think it's fear mm-hmm. for some people. I think it's fear of that level of vulnerability, fear of backlash. Mm-hmm. I think some people in that sphere have a fear of like being viewed as they're they've like gone out of their own lane mm-hmm. which I'm like the whole world is my lane mm-hmm. like <laughs> the, yeah. you can't tell me to stay in my lane because mm-hmm. I am a multifaceted multi-passionate human being so I do think a lot of it's fear in it that manifests in a bunch of different ways mm-hmm. but I also think and, and I've said this before publicly like we haven't especially as women mm-hmm. like haven't been this has not been exemplified for us mm-hmm. Yeah. We have, you know, there's not a lot of Christian speakers, writers, influencers, whatever, mm-hmm. that we're like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna like follow in their footsteps mm-hmm. and they're talking about hard, uncomfortable things. Yeah. And it's, it is so much easier to not have to go first. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, and I think probably those two things kind of coexist and there's mm-hmm. fear and there's, I don't know how to do this mm-hmm. and I haven't seen anybody else do it. So it's mm-hmm. sometimes it's just easier yeah. to stay out of it. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. And something else I'm curious about is, do you think that sometimes the message, which is well-meaning and true in every way, but sometimes the message of like, don't worry about the small stuff, like keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, make this about the kingdom, like folk, we like, sometimes I think we gloss over the seemingly small topics or the things that shouldn't ultimately matter, whether that's mm-hmm. a, a cultural issue or a sex issue or mental health or something in those areas, you know, whatever it might be, especially if those things can create some friction or create some discomfort with the people we love or other church members or people online, whatever it may be, wherever we're having those conversations. Do you think that sometimes the message of like, Christians shouldn't worry about that, like, you need to be focused on sharing the gospel and like, keep your eyes fixed on eternity and like, focus on eternal things and not these things on earth. Do you think that that can also influence some of the reasons why we just don't even touch some of these topics that directly impact and affect people every single day? But because of this message of like, focus on eternity, don't sweat that kind of stuff, we might like completely miss the importance of those conversations. A hundred percent. This is actually a huge qualm of mine Mm -hmm. in like the capital C church. Uh, We are not as human beings, but I find it with Christians a lot more. Mm -hmm. We are not great at nuance. We are not great at gray. We want Mm -hmm. black. We want white. We don't want there to be no in between. When the reality is, is the two things that you just said can and do coexist. Mm -hmm. You can keep your eyes on eternity, not be like tied up in knots Mm -hmm. and your days be ruined and be like, you know, grieving or, or, or jacked up about the news or whatever Mm -hmm. and still care about those things and still talk about those things. I think, you know, we have a tendency to put other people in a box of our own making. Mm -hmm. And I think one of those boxes is I'm not great. Like, let's say somebody else is thinking I'm not great at separating. Like I can't talk about XYZ and be at peace. So Mm -hmm. nobody else can. When that's not like I, I can... I love politics. I love law. I love governmental structures. I love the constitution. Mm -hmm. I can pay attention to the headlines. And most of the time it doesn't ruin my day Mm -hmm. because my eyes are set on eternity. I know who wins. I know that this is just a battle in a war that's already won, but that doesn't mean that I'm like, completely disqualified from caring about the battle. Right. And that's what I was going to say. It's not that the battle doesn't matter. Like, right. The war, and I think that's kind of the disconnect. I think sometimes it's like, well, the war is one. So what are you worrying about? Why are we even having this conversation? It's not our problem to worry about. It's not. And it's like, but it, the reality is like, if you have a missional mindset on earth, 
these things that may be controversial or difficult to talk about or uncomfortable or a battle, you know, a battleground, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. directly impact people, which if you are on mission in your life, that could impact their eternity. That can impact eternity in general. So it's like, it's actually like the opposite of how we would think about it. But I think sometimes we think like a lot of Christians, I, I think, tend to use that almost as a, well, therefore I don't need to talk about it kind of thing. And it's not that you're called to talk about everything. Like we're not all called to talk about all the issues and all the things, but it's like to act as though, or to believe as though that that is somehow irrelevant misses the whole mark. I think. I agree. I think I agree with you on what you said, like not everybody is meant to step into every sphere of influence Mm -hmm. and have an opinion, Mm -hmm. but like, how about we just let the people that are like, why don't we trust the Holy Spirit in them? Mm-hmm. Let them do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And like, you do what you're going to do. And yeah. maybe they're just different, not wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's such a good point. Sometimes they're just different, not wrong. That's so yeah. good. Okay. I was speaking of that, just, I feel like this is a really good piggyback question with all of that said, what has your experience been with the capital C church in terms of some of the issues you talk about in your book? Why did it become important for you to talk about them really openly and honestly in this, in this medium? I feel like the response I've gotten is so severely opposite. Mm -hmm. Like it is either, you know, the response that I get in my DMs and emails and all that kind of stuff is either I am so thankful. This is like borderline changed my life. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find anybody else talking about this. And I felt like I was alone Mm -hmm. and now I don't feel alone. And God's made such a difference Mm -hmm. or some of the meanest messages I get (laughs) are like, from fellow believers Mm -hmm. who either have a mindset like the one we were just discussing Mm -hmm. of like, why do you even care? You know, like you're, you're wasting your time and your potential or just like if they disagree with where I land on the subject, Mm -hmm. then like I just did an interview the other day where another podcast host and I were talking about like the meanest messages I get are from Christians. Isn't that crazy? Which is insane. And it's like, that's the, like, and I think this is where Christians really, have a a learning curve ahead of us. It's like learning to disagree healthily. And Mm -hmm. I I really think there will be splits in, and I don't know if you agree with this, but I think like there are denominations. Okay, that's one thing. But I think there's almost like, there's certain issues that I think Christians fundamentally disagree on that are like so basic about like human biology or just different things that it's like, there's going to be a disconnect, unfortunately. Like there's not a unity in that area. But the problem is, a lack of respect and being able to say, okay, mm-hmm. I don't agree with them, but I'm not going to like a- attack them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, oh, I don't yeah. know. I just, I think that's a huge issue among the church in general, learning to disagree respectfully, even if it's it is. a vehemently I mean, disagree, a vehement disagreement. Right. Right. I mean, we've made agreement synonymous with mm-hmm. love mm-hmm. when like that's yeah. not biblical. Right. <laughs> like right. nowhere biblical, nowhere in the Bible does it say, you have to agree, like if you if you love us love somebody you have to agree with them and if you agree with them mm-hmm. you have to love them mm-hmm. like there's yeah. well and I think there's a lot of people who agree on certain topics and therefore feel as though they are loved like they love mm-hmm. each other mm-hmm. and it's like an illusion of like are you actually loved by that person or do they just love that you agree with them like I think that's exactly. also a huge issue that we because when you start making those things synonymous sometimes the people who love you most tell you the things you don't want to hear or have to tell oh, you like 100%. what's that what's that verse from Proverbs it says something like the wounds from an enemy can be trusted, but the kisses of a friend, or I'm sorry, the wounds from a friend can be trusted, but kisses from an enemy are deceitful. Meaning, exactly. like, and my husband always brings this up because this is a topic we often talk about. And it's like, 
your true friends sometimes say the thing that might offend you or make you uncomfortable because they want the best for you. Like if you are not living a healthy life or if you are making decisions that they are concerned is going to lead you down an unhealthy path, the ones who might, like the ones who tell you, like when my husband tells me like, hey, this is a behavior I'm noticing of yours and it's kind of unhealthy, whether it's picking my body apart or, you know, staying up till 10 PM on my laptop or whatever it may be. Those are like some minor ones. But regardless, when he points that out to me, it's because he loves me. It's not because he's trying to like judge me and hurt me, you know, but it's like people who are like, yeah, you do that. You, you go girl boss, you work till 11 PM. You, you know, yeah, you need to lose 20 pounds. Like those are the people who are like amping me up in the things I might want to hear, but actually Mm -hmm. don't need to hear or are actually going to lead to harm in my life. Like, I think that's where we forget love and agreement. Like you said, are not synonymous for that very reason. Absolutely. Well, and I think that the reality, like something that Christians are not well educated in is relationship and like Mm -hmm. relationship with relational wisdom and relational equity. Like you're like, Matt has earned the right to speak that into your life. Gosh, I feel like I could talk about this forever. We just get this so (laughs) jacked up because the other side of that is the Christians on the other Mm -hmm. side of the screen who have not deposited anything into your life, who think they have the right to tell you what you're doing wrong. Right. No. Like, I do not receive that because you have not earned that. Like, every time Jesus spoke into people's lives the difficult truth, Mm -hmm. he did it with love, he did it with kindness, and he usually had, like, earned the right. Yeah. He had earned the right to tell Martha, Mm -hmm. like, Mary has chosen the better portion Mm -hmm. because he's sitting in her home eating, you know, communing with her. Like, you know, you can't just shout from the sidelines into right. someone's life mm-hmm. what you think they need to be doing better or how you think their mm-hmm. theology is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one way the internet has desensitized and I think really ruined our relational capacity mm-hmm. because I'm exactly the same. Like, I'm married to the most wonderful man. And if he comes in here and tells me, hey, I mean, mine are similar. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. hey, you don't, like, you need to put your laptop away. Mm-hmm. I love you, but you need to put your laptop away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hear that. Because he's depo- like he's poured into me mm-hmm. enough to earn the right to say that. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think we're great about putting people where they belong in yeah. our life. Because yeah. I don't know about you, because then I'll turn around and somebody will say something really disgusting to me mm-hmm. that is a total stranger. Yeah. And I'll take that to heart. Yeah. Totally. And like, yeah. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like yeah. this person doesn't care about you. Right. They are not sending you that message because they care about right. you. Right. And that's and that's the biggest thing. Like when a complete stranger wants to point something out to you, it's ninety nine point nine percent of the time not because they genuinely care about your well being. And that's what we have to differentiate, I think. But yeah, I agree. And it, it comes back to what you were saying in the beginning, where Christians don't like to live in the gray. It's either like kind of what we were talking about. It's like these two extremes of either you can speak into my life, whoever you are, and whoever I am, I have the ability to speak into your life because I'm a Christian and you're a Christian. Let me tell you how it is, right? So there's that mindset or the opposite extreme that we just talked about of, you know, essentially not like, like this issue with, well, if you don't agree with me, you must not love me. If you're not affirming every decision I'm making or thing that I'm thinking or belief that I have, you therefore must be unloving and not Mm -hmm. love me. And it's fact, in fact, it can be like, no, I actually love you. So, and I have the authority to speak this into your life, or I feel like I've earned the right to speak this into your life. Cause I've walked with you through X, Y, and Z. We are communing together. We have, we're in community, like whatever that may be. But yeah, I think there's, it's like, there's a middle. And I think that's the reality. And we tend to live in one of those extremes. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So speaking of that, what do you think, I want to figure out how I want to word this, but what do you think is at risk? Maybe that's the best way to say it. When Christians don't talk about some of these harder topics openly. Oh man. I feel like what isn't at risk is the shorter (laughs) list, Mm -hmm. but 
I think we risk, I, I love what you said earlier about Christians kind of pushing these kind of topics off. Oh, they're not about eternity. Oh, they're not, you know, this isn't salvation. Mm-hmm. Well, it might be. Like, you don't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. What could be standing between this person that you're talking to or this person that's listening to you talk and eternity could be like this one hang up. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but like my walk with Jesus for a long time was hung up on like a few things that I just didn't understand mm-hmm. that I couldn't on my own in my very like immature knowledge of scripture, like mm-hmm. find the answers to. Mm-hmm. And the people's willingness to have those conversations is what essentially mm-hmm. and eventually drew me into him. Yeah. Like push so, down the, or hit what, what, how do I say this? Like the thing that kind of like hit that final domino, right? Like exactly. got that final domino to fall. Right. And mine was mental health. Mine was like anxiety and medication and like, what, how does that coexist in this world? Mm-hmm. You know, so if we shy away from that, if we, or not even try, if we dismiss it mm-hmm. as unimportant, mm-hmm. like, I think we miss the opportunity to meet people where they are. Like, yes, it's all about eternity. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Heaven is the end goal, but that can't be it. Mm-hmm. it, it you know, like my, my pastor always says like, Jesus isn't a, um, Oh, shoot. What's the name of it? Like people that plan your vacations. Oh, a travel agent? Yeah. Like Jesus isn't a travel agent. He didn't. It wasn't just about destination. Mm. Is the destination important? A hundred percent. Does the destination give us hope when things are really bleak here? Yes. But also mm-hmm. like he came and also sent his Holy Spirit for the time in between, mm-hmm. like for the the earth side adventure. Mm-hmm. And so to say that we can't talk about things like this is like a hot take, but even other than theology, mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that I love that are not theologically connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. God's okay with that. <laughs> yeah. He's completely okay with that. And I think, I don't think that this is, I wouldn't even say it's like an overarching issue. I think that there's like a subset yeah. of Christianity that's gotten really hung up on this. Yeah. They're loud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, Like, I just, I think a lot of the reason that I show up the way that I am is to invite people into like, hey, it's okay if you really love American history. Mm -hmm. Personally, history, what I believe real history to be is not the rise and fall of nations. It's Mm -hmm. the story of God drawing his kids into himself. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I don't love like Mm -hmm. reading about what happened in 1776. You know what I mean? Like. So I think we're just, we've made, I think we make God smaller than he is yeah. and less, I don't know, yeah. intriguing and captivating and interesting than well, he and is. Well, I think, I think the, the challenge too, to even the pushback against like caring about something like, whether it's, you know, and I think this is the thing is like God is connected in everything, right? Like his exactly. story is being written in all of it. And so whether it's American history and you care about, you know, a certain year, you're interested in a certain time frame or era or whatever, it's like, yes, in the big picture, the, that's still part of God's story of drawing people to himself. Although there are maybe really specific facts that don't seem theological, you know, it's like, how is that, how is that disconnected if that's the history of humanity? All right, friend, listen up. If you have been dreaming of writing a book, or if you feel that nudge, that Holy Spirit nudge, that call to share your story, but you're trying to figure out how to do that in a way that not only is going to actually impact people and will be in a format people will want to read and will want to share with their friends, but also figure out how to get your ideas on paper, how to get it out of your head, how to turn it into a book, and also turn that book into a resource and a tool that you can use to add an income stream or start on a new career path or even grow an existing business, 
Books are such incredible tools for building your authority. The word author is literally in the word authority. So if this is something you've been dreaming of, I have something for you that I don't want you to miss out on. My friend Erin is an incredible author. She's a story coach. She teaches people how to map their books. She's helped me with this concept many times and is just so incredible at what she does. And she just opened a program called Legacy Story Academy. And I am teaching a bonus in this program. So the main program teaches you how to write your book in 90 days or less, and you're going to get it done. She has a 100% success rate, if you can believe it or not. And then I'm going to teach a bonus on how to launch your book into the marketplace and reach the right readers, get reviews, get book sales. Like, How do you actually do that? Right? Like, You can write the book, but then what do you do with it? So this is a comprehensive resource for you if you've been dreaming of writing a book. Now is the time to do it. And Legacy Story Academy is the tool and the guide that you need to help you get it done. So if you want to grab yourself a seat, there's a link in the show notes on this episode. Be sure to click that grab yourself a seat, check it out. It's only open for a little over a week. So don't sleep on this. This is so worth the investment. It will be worth every single penny and it will take you from dreaming of writing a book to not only doing it, but getting it done. So go to the link in our show notes, check it out, grab yourself a seat and I'll see you inside. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, a luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. And like, these are incredible. <laughs> Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she thrivemarket.com slash she.
Planning an international trip and want to learn the language of your destination? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest-cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk, text, and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon May 2023. On top of that, it's like, I guarantee you, even though that's not directly theology, like if you truly, and this is where I think Christians get it wrong, and this is the way I kind of describe it, and I want to get your th- your take on this especially for people like you and I who've kind of been in like in the Western world, I feel like Christianity has become a niche. It has become Mm -hmm. a a book on the bookshelf of all the different Mm -hmm. topics of life, right? Because that's kind of how humans tend to treat religion. But when you understand that, like when Christianity is so different from any other religion, because it's more of a relationship and it's more of a, it's more Mm -hmm. of a foundation versus like a category of your life, right? A a practice you do. It's a total like life shifting, identity changing, like eternally changing experience. Right. And so I feel like, especially as someone who's kind of been in the quote unquote Christian space as well, but also had my foot in the wellness space and business space and all the things. One thing I've noticed is we like to categorize things. And so we often Mm -hmm. treat Christianity as a type of book on the shelf. When the truth is, if you're a Christian, Christianity is the shelf that holds up all the books of your life. Like it influences the way you look at history, the way you think about wellness, the the way you conduct your business, the way you have a family and take care of your family and make decisions for your family and all the other categories and topics you might be interested in are resting on that foundation, but we get so hung up on it when a Christian voice or a Christian influencer or whatever deviates in any way or seems to deviate (laughs) from that category of this is the topic of book I'm used to seeing you talk about. And that's what you're supposed to talk about to, oh, there's some other books on your bookshelf and your bookshelf is what's holding up all of this and influencing everything you care about. But ultimately it's not a category. And I think that's right. the problem in the West is because there's Christian music and there's Christian podcast categories. And we, we neatly categorize everything Christian into like this little file cabinet. And it's like, mm-hmm. no dude, like <laughs> the issue is that's a broken view because if Christianity is truly your foundation, it goes in every file cabinet. It's it goes everything. into every book on your shelf. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Cause I mean, like you, like I love random, like I'm trying mm. to think of like something that's, that I could pull off a shelf. Mm-hmm. I love finding like drugstore dupes for high-end makeup. Mm-hmm. It, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think it's so much fun. It also like helps me and other people save money. You know what looks like Jesus? Being fiscally responsible. I know that that's a very simplified, like direct line, mm-hmm. but exactly what you said, like there is no part, none 
there's no part of my life that is not touched and impacted by Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross. Whether that is in something as heavy and important as raising children Mm -hmm. or as simple as like finding cheaper makeup that's still high quality and isn't going to give you cancer. He's in all of it. Mm -hmm. And here's the even crazier part. He cares about all of it Mm -hmm. because he cares about everything that you care about Mm -hmm. because he cares about you. Just like my husband. Like my husband loves F1 racing. I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get it. I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. There's like all of these like initials and different kinds of tires. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but you love it. And so tell me about it. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to hear about it. Mm -hmm. We have, we have relegated God to being this pristine, untouchable Mm -hmm. God on a golden throne, which he is, but because God is capable of nuance, Mm -hmm. he is also three in one Mm -hmm. sitting in this bed next to me, Mm -hmm. like spending time with his kid that he loves and likes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so sad that that's like a revolutionary concept yeah. for so many believers. But yeah. like, God doesn't think he did, he messed you up. He doesn't think he did a bad job making you. Mm-hmm. He's proud of you. He cares about the things you care about. Because like you said, it's a relationship over religion. Right. Yep, exactly. And I think that's where... Because it gets again categorized in our world as a just another world religion, but it's just so. In- yeah. Well, I could go into a whole topic about that, but I won't get into it. But you know, it's just like it's not. It, it is the irreligion of religions when you when you truly understand the gospel and when you truly understand yes. God. And I think that's the problem. Is it's just categorized as just another religion on the shelf, and take your pick. And that's. But it's just so interesting because no one gets mad at you know other people with other beliefs other than Christians and like bringing their views into the into the conversation, right? I find that really interesting. So it's like, why is that different? You know what I mean? Like, I think that's an interesting conversation too. Yeah, I just did like a little like deep dive on that the Mm -hmm. other day because somebody was asking me about the separation of church and state Mm -hmm. because I I do like, my book is not political, but Mm -hmm. I do enjoy talking about like current events Mm -hmm. on Instagram and everything. And, you know, that gets thrown around the separation of church and state, Mm -hmm. you know, when uh, Roe versus Wade was overturned, mm-hmm. the big thing was like, keep your religion out of my government. But Christianity is the only religion that they want kept out of the conversation. Right. Right. Because if you're being honest about the like Webster dictionary definition of religion, mm-hmm. I mean, this, this is going to like sound feather roughly, but like liberalism is a religion. Yeah. Like, I mean, any kind of like any kind of any kind of belief system, right? Belief conservatism, system. right? Is a is a religion. Right. Like all of these things are religions. Yeah, it's a it's a structured belief system that mm-hmm. informs how you see the world and how you interact with the world and mm-hmm. how you believe the world should be governed. Yeah, we just because my religion has the title of Christianity, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be boxed out. But like mm-hmm. with the current administration that we're functioning under, their religion is like is a is a free for all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a really interesting conversation because and because like like just like anything can be idols and I don't think anyone would disagree with that if you define what an idol is it's anything that you right. glorify as a god in your life and you look to for yeah. you know providence sovereignty etc um or or comfort or or joy or anything like that just like anything can be an idol really any set of belief systems can also be a religion. And I think that's, exactly. but, but any set of belief systems cannot be a relationship. And that's what sets Christianity apart, in my opinion. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Completely agree. I think that's such a huge topic that isn't talked about enough, but it, once you kind of break it down that way, it's like, 
Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and that's where I'm like, I feel like we could go on a whole tangent about that. But I did just want to touch on it because I'm like, I do think that's important to consider when those questions do come up. And again, that's one of those yeah. topics that's like, man, that feels a little like, you know, frictiony and uncomfortable to touch on and to talk about. But that's the reality. And I think that's where Christians are ill-equipped to have these conversations because we're not amongst each other talking about these things. And therefore, yeah. when they're like, well, you know, you got to have separation of church and state, a lot of Christians are like, oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But there's like a such a bigger thing into that conversation. And if you aren't equipped to even consider that or yeah. p- position that as a consideration for whoever you may be discussing it with, you completely miss an opportunity to have a bigger conversation and to be influenced and influence, you know? And so mm-hmm. anyway, um, I could go on about that. But <laughs> I, I have a couple <laughs> other questions that I want to that I want to hit on before we wrap up. So one other thing I want to touch on is you say that you have learned that the way you speak to people, especially about sensitive topics, deeply matters. Can you explain this a little bit? Because I know that is a concern of a lot of Christians and a lot of believers when it comes to sensitive topics. Yeah, I am snarky and sarcastic by nature. I grew up in a really snarky home. Uh, it is my primary form of communication. <laughs> my default. <laughs> by default. I literally tell a story in the book about when Jeremy and I, my husband, started dating Mm -hmm. he was like i wish i could get like a different font for you (laughs) for when you're being sarcastic because i can't tell because he didn't grow up that way and Mm. so and uh, to be honest like early in my internet days like i mean years ago before crappy christian was even a thing Mm. i would approach like theological biblical conversations from like a little bit of like a snarky like duh Mm -hmm. kind of way about things that aren't up for debate. Mm -hmm. Like for me, like the gospel message Mm -hmm. isn't up for debate, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that I have the right or that it is effective Mm -hmm. or looks like Jesus to show up to those conversations. Like the, the deck is stacked in my favor. You're wrong. I'm right. Mm -hmm. Like mic drop. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and I think we do still see a lot of Christian voices communicate this way. And Mm -hmm. it breaks my heart because I remember, I can, it wasn't that long ago. Like I can remember being that way. And I also can remember how completely ineffective it was Mm -hmm. because people don't, they don't hear you when you're talking to them about something as serious as Mm -hmm. eternity Mm -hmm. or things that matter to them in a snarky way. Mm -hmm. Like the reality is, is that there is plenty of examples through scripture of voices of God that maybe had a little bit more of a clip to Mm -hmm. them that, you know, Isaiah was, was, he was kind of snarky, mm-hmm. honestly, mm-hmm. but he was reverent and respectful and kind mm-hmm. about matters of the heart. Mm-hmm. And that's really the approach that I have tried to take. Um, mm-hmm. I think it requires humility and I'm not trying to be like, look how humble I am. Mm-hmm. But there is a sense of like, I don't even think that it's necessarily a sense of I could be wrong mm-hmm. because there are things, again, that for me are not up for debate mm-hmm. that are that are just, this is the way that it is according to scripture. Mm-hmm. But are you willing to approach conversations with someone understanding that their life experience and their worldview causes them to see this issue through a completely different lens than you? Mm-hmm. And can you meet them there instead of like hammering them over the head with the truth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I think... 
You're right. Because I do think we can, it's so easy, even if you weren't raised with that kind of background or that's not your default. I think when you get frustrated or it Mm -hmm. seems like it should be so obvious to everyone else and it's not because the reality is like, this is something I think we have to remember as Christians too, when we're having these conversations, it's not that you can't be bold and it's not that you can't stand firm. But I do think like we have to remember there's so many other influences besides our own voice and whoever's life it is that we're trying to speak into or that we are having a conversation with or who is seemingly just not getting it. We don't understand why, whatever the topic may be. It's like, yeah. well, you have no idea what their life experiences have been that led to them to this point of confusion. Like, sure, they may be saying they're a Christian, but consider all of these other details that you have no idea about. And it just creates such a, a challenge in terms of like, we think it's so like, well, I'm having this conversation with you. I'm explaining it in a clear way. Why do you not get that? You know? And it's like, yeah, because there's a lot more to the story than we ever see. And I think you're right. Like coming with this I think humility, honesty, boldness, but humility and, and and a listening ear, like a seeking to understand. Because I think sometimes when we're doing all of the talking and the convincing, if you will, we miss out on the opportunity to hear things that we may be able to actually connect on, to build trust mm-hmm. in, to, to latch onto and speak into, maybe in an encouraging way before we start trying to convince anybody of anything, you know? And yeah. I think that gets so missed when we're just so focused on changing someone's mind, you know? And I don't even think it has to be like, you don't even have to be willing to admit that you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. some people think approaching this conversation, these conversations humbly or compassionately means you're bending on the mm-hmm. truth mm-hmm. because you do see a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Like there are Christians out there who started, you know, here and now mm-hmm. you're like, whoa, like what you believe what yeah. about what? Like, yeah. hold on. How did we get here? Yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Like we're talking about holding firm and, and not being unwavering in the truth of what scripture says, mm-hmm. but being able to do it lovingly mm-hmm. and love. Like we just, it's, it all is connected. Like love doesn't mean you agree. Love doesn't mm-hmm. mean you bend on what you believe. Mm-hmm. It just means you're able to communicate without being a jerk. Yeah. Yeah, Totally. So good. Okay. So something else I want to touch on too is, and I think this is perfect timing because we're just talking about like feelings and, you know, approaching things in an effective way. But I think this is kind of a deviation from that in the sense that I think we get so focused on feelings sometimes that we can miss the truth. Mm -hmm. And so that's the Mm -hmm. other side of the coin. So in one of the chapters, you talk about whether or not you should follow feelings or follow the truth. And I'm curious, why do you think that's so important in today's culture? And can you give us an example of where that's often misconstrued by Christians? Yeah. So I tell a story in that chapter about, so there's like this common thread throughout the book is friendship breakups Mm -hmm. and the ending of friendships. And I tell a story in that chapter about me having a bad moment because I was off my meds Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh, I'd actually like forgot, gone on a trip and forgotten them. And I, you know, so I'm starting to withdraw from these medications that Mm -hmm. help my brain work. And I like, did something she didn't want me. She had asked me not to do like, but it was, I was actually helping her, mm. but she was like, I don't want you to do this anymore. And so I just kept doing it because I'm hard headed and <laughs> I wanted to help her out. Mm-hmm. And she like lost it. And it actually like really crazy ended up like being the end of our friendship Wow. because, and I like what I call it in the book is like, temporary amnesia like her Mm. feelings in that moment told her I didn't listen so I'm not a good friend Mm -hmm. when the the truth was we had years worth of me being consistent and showing up and loving her well and being Mm -hmm. a good friend Mm -hmm. and it's you know I give this analogy of like there are these people out there who are barreling down the road with their feelings in the driver's seat Mm -hmm. and truth is like 
tied up in the trunk Mm -hmm. and it's like it's not i say over and over in that chapter like it's not that feelings are bad Mm -hmm. it's not that we discount them like god didn't intend us to walk around like robots Mm -hmm. but the truth has to inform our feelings Mm -hmm. and i think we it also comes down to being an identity issue Mm -hmm. you know like going back to what you were saying about or what we were both saying about people getting upset when you disagree with them Mm -hmm. my question to that is usually like has this become a part of your identity? This mm. thing that's being threatened, yeah. has it become a part of your identity? Because that's a really easy way to let feelings get in the driver's seat mm-hmm. and take over. Yeah, Because our identity is such like an integral part of our interaction with the world and how mm-hmm. we see ourselves and how we see others that like, that, that is why God created us to have our identity rooted mm-hmm. in him mm-hmm. because he's unshakable and because he's unchanging. Mm-hmm. When that gets out of line when other things begin to like compound and like add to our identity, mm-hmm. then it's like, it's like truth goes out the window because yeah. our feeling, every, everything just feels threatened or offended mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. what other, whatever other like negative emotion you're experiencing. And so mm-hmm. I love that chapter. That chapter was like a really, it was actually kind of hard I bet. to write, yeah. but I just, I've, what I want for people is for them to be able to, again, like, let the two coexist, mm-hmm. you know, that God's not turned off by your big emotions. Mm-hmm. Like he has big shoulders. He mm-hmm. wants you to come to him with his feelings, mm-hmm. but he's also giving you the truth. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what your house should be built on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Thank you for sharing that. That's really good. Okay. Last question. And I think this is something that a lot of people might be wondering if they want to, you know, speak up about certain things that they feel called to speak on or whatever, but you are not afraid to use your platform to address some of today's, you know, toughest topics and not only your platform, but also now you put it into books or into a book, knowing that this can be intimidating for some people. I would be curious how you stay confident in that. And how did you overcome the feeling of being too much for some people, especially in the church? Well, that's a 33-year-long question (laughs) Uh, because I've always been like loud and opinionated. Mm -hmm. The very beginning of the book, I'm like, I am in my family a megaphone amongst whispers. Like, I Mm -hmm. don't make sense. (sighs) There's a couple of answers to that, but I'm going to make it short. Mm -hmm. I think the first one is, again, and I know that it's cheesy and I know that it's oversold, but like, building your house on the rock of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That changes everything. And the way that you do that is by spending time with him. You can't know someone that you don't spend time with. Mm -hmm. And so I think for me, when in my late 20s, I got really serious about, I wanted to know God for myself, Mm -hmm. not who... Even books like the one that I wrote, like mm-hmm. told me who he is. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know who he was for myself and started to really pursue that and pursue him. And then they're like, then realized how much he was pursuing me. Mm-hmm. Then like, it's not that I don't care what people think about me mm-hmm. because that would, I don't think that people that say that are being honest, mm-hmm. but it doesn't rock me. It doesn't yeah. wreck me. Like, yeah, that can like float into my world and make some kind of impact and float back out. But it used to like, it would level me mm-hmm. if, even if I got like a negative podcast review, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And then I think another thing is that, especially in this season of my life in the last two to three years, when I have gotten more bold and started mm-hmm. having more of the hard conversations is that, and this sounds really simple, but like I'm surrounded by people that actually like me and that's wild. I think especially for if there are women listening who have for most of their life felt like too much, mm-hmm 
getting to a point in your life where there are people around you who think you're really great Mm. and celebrate you and you in return think they're really great and celebrate them. Mm -hmm. There's just something about like, yes, God is enough. And there, Mm -hmm. trust me, there have been seasons where like him and my husband were like all I had Mm -hmm. because my life got wiped out of relationship and that is enough. Mm -hmm. But there is something empowering and and forward moving, like almost like catapulting mm-hmm. when you've got people in your corner that don't hype you up because they're like blowing steam, mm-hmm. but because they actually see you mm-hmm. for how God created you and want to see you go out into the world and make an impact. Those yeah. two things, I think, are two things that have changed pretty significantly for me in the last five years mm-hmm. that I can look back and be like, that made a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think you become a little bit more bold when you have a healthy community and you have yeah. like, like if you're looking for acceptance from the internet or from everyone and their sister, like that is not going to create a confidence in you. But when you have like no. your core people in your group where you're like, these people get me, they have my back. I know who I am, whose I am and where I belong. Like it's a lot easier to take a little bit of heat or to take some disapproval from those who are not your people, you know, but when you're looking for approval from everyone else, or you just haven't had that in a healthy way in your life, it's a lot easier to get really caught up in people pleasing. And not that we don't, even when we do have that, but it's like, it's like almost like a defense against that. No, it is, you know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You know, when I think about the first year that I was on the internet, Mm -hmm. And how, and some of it again is like you build up, like your, your skin does thicken and you do toughen up. Mm -hmm. But also I didn't really have people in my life that believed in me. Like Mm -hmm. I had some like surface level friends that maybe had some more like codependent tendencies. Mm -hmm. They weren't really, they weren't really very life giving. Mm -hmm. And you know, those relationships ended and God's been really faithful to like restore and put new people in my life. Mm -hmm. And so like exactly what you said now, like if somebody comes at me in my DMs, I'm like, okay, like, mm-hmm. uh, okay, like mm-hmm. I, because you don't get to tell me who I am. Yeah. Like God gets to tell me who I am and the people that I trust mm-hmm. that have earned the right mm-hmm. get to like remind me who God says I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. So good. I love that. Super practical, but also like really honest and truthful. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. So this has been really good for anyone who's like, I need to get this book. I need to learn more from this <laughs> human. She's great. Where can they find you and where can they get the book? Yeah. Uh, the girl named Blake.com or the girl named Blake on Instagram. You can get where pretty much wherever you get your books, Amazon, Target, Walmart, all the places. And the book is called Conf- Confessions of a Crappy Christian, correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. Awesome. Well, we'll link that in the show notes. Blake, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for sharing your heart. Thanks for putting this message out into the world and um, just, just being honest and being who you are and showing up authentically every day. You're the best, Jordan. Thanks for having me. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. 
Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.